Welcome to the Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm. Here are your hosts, experienced lawyers, writers, and entrepreneurs, Heidi Alexander and Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to what promises to be another terrific episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Amicus Attorney, the world's leading practice management solution for lawyers. Amicus Attorney helps manage your law firm so that you can concentrate on being a lawyer. To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. If you're a returning listener of the show, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. If you're Chris Kringle, note that I have been an exceptionally good boy this year. I'm your host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I'm the Assistant Director and Senior Law Practice Advisor at the Massachusetts Law Office Management Assistance Program. LOMAP provides free and confidential law practice management consulting services to Massachusetts attorneys. For more information on LOMAP's offerings, visit our website at masslomap.org. You can buy my book, Twitter in One Hour for Lawyers, from the American Bar Association on iTunes or at Amazon. If you're desirous of more podcasting freshness, check out our Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Show where we release monthly episodes featuring legal marketing experts. Here on the Legal Toolkit, though, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we'll address the age-old question, should you charge for initial consultations? Providing an answer is our guest today, Sarah Porras. Sarah is a Connecticut lawyer with a practice focused on consumer finance. Her practice is the largest woman-owned foreclosure defense firm in Connecticut. Sarah was a Hartford Bar Association's 2011 Pro Bono Award recipient. She was an original member of Connecticut's Bench Bar Foreclosure Committee and Bench Bar Small Claims Committee. She is a member of the National Association of Consumer Advocates and is a regular speaker for local organizations and institutions, including UConn Law School. Sarah started out as a teacher, but after working as an assistant to a blind attorney she admired, was inspired to become a lawyer herself. She is also a former speed skater. How about that? And I bet she'd probably be willing to sign autographs if you were interested. So, Sarah, thanks for taking the time to come on the show today. Thanks so much, Jared. All right. We've been waiting to do this for a long time. Sarah was even kind enough to let me go on vacation before we uh, did this. Um, so let's jump right into the show Mickey then. Mickey Mouse ears. I think you're still wearing your Mickey Mouse ears, aren't you, Jared? Right? Uh, Buzz Lightyear, but yes. <laughs> I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> so let's jump right in here by paraphrasing William Shakespeare. So to charge or not to charge, that is the question. So what do you say, Sarah? I'm absolutely in favor of charging for consultations. Okay, good answer. That was quick. <laughs> now, you're pro-charge, clearly. So let me ask you this. What are the benefits of charging for initial consultations? There are a ton of benefits, a ton. Um, a little history here is I was working for a small firm, and we did mostly plaintiff work. So we just pretty much brought in everyone who uh, we felt would have a claim we could help with to evaluate their situation. Um, after all, we weren't going to be charging them for services or anything. But we also started evaluating people's claims against mortgage companies and um, mortgage misconduct. And my um, the senior the owner attorney, a senior attorney at my old firm, he'd come out of these meetings sometimes two or three hours long, and he'd be exhausted. And one day he just said, "We got to start charging for these because 
they wouldn't be cases we would end up taking, but he was giving them so much benefit while in that meeting. Um, and so he assigned to the staff to start charging or quoting a fee. I think it might have even been as low as $50. And we noticed immediately an improvement in the quality of the people who we were meeting with. They'd be on time. They wouldn't mess around with their cell phones during meetings. They wouldn't drag their kids to the meeting. One woman in the middle of a meeting said, hang on, I got to get a pen and paper. I got to take notes. And I was blown away because nobody had treated the consultation that seriously before. So just charging something changed the quality. Like I said, people were showing up on time. That alone was was a big transformation in our practice. Um, Other benefits are people uh, value what they're getting because they're paying for it. You know, again, you don't have to keep it to a minimal charge, but um, when you're, they're paying, they understand, they, they just have more value to it. It's like, would we value milk if we could just get it all for free? You know, it's, I, comp- I compare mm. charging for, for consultations like shopping for milk, and we can get into that later. But again, the quality goes up when you charge. Uh, the value, the perceived value on the part of the client also goes way up. Yeah. Okay, now let's um, talk about the other side here. And this is, I think, still, maybe unfortunately, the opinion of most attorneys. So we talked about the good stuff. So what's the negative or what are the risks for charging for initial consultations? I think the risks are mostly perceived. I think they're just people who have not initiated a a paid consultation system in their practice can't say the way the potential clients will respond when you offer them a paid consultation. So if they say, oh, that doesn't work, or I can't do that, that's because they've never tried. Um, So I think the risks are perceived risks. I think there's a fear that if you try to charge, people will immediately just hang up on you. And so the fear is, well, if if people hang up on me, then they never make it into my office. If they never make it into my office, then they never hire me. So I think there's this fear that um, charging to get in your door is going to turn everybody off. In fact, I have people begging to come in, and when I quote the, or even when I quote the fee, they go, "That's it, that's all you're charging," and it's not small. So I think again, the the risks of trying to start charging for consultations um, don't really exist. I think they need to be done in a different way than your typical free consultation. Okay, you can't if you're used to sitting behind your desk and uh, interviewing the client and auditioning the client. You can't then charge for that later. You have to offer something of value. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the risk of trying to charge people for your old-style free consult is that they, they, you're not offering them enough for them to care enough to pay for it. Yeah, that's a great point. And we'll get into alternatives to those sort of traditional free consultations that attorneys have offered, which I think you're right, don't necessarily have a ton of value. So let's talk about... Um, one common objection to charging for initial consultations that I hear all the time. Um, how do those lawyers who do charge compete with those who don't? So how do they get potential clients to even walk through the door when another lawyer is not going to charge them for that same privilege? Well, what kind of, um, what kind of client are you looking for? Are you looking for a client who's going to pay you or are you looking for a client who isn't going to pay you? So that's a threshold question. Um, and are you exactly like the other attorney? Are you that guy down the hall or across the street? If you want to give services at that level, if you want to lower the bar and give what that guy gives for free, go ahead. But to me, when you're doing a free consultation, maybe a one hour, maybe longer in your office, who's getting paid more for that time, Jared, than you are? 
Who's getting paid more? The guy who works at Walmart. The guy who works at Walmart, who worked an hour or an hour and a half, just earned more money than you did. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. you know, you can say, well, everybody does it, but you're, you shouldn't be everybody. Now, I'm not saying give the same mm-hmm. thing that guy gives. I'm saying create a gallon of milk, create something to sell, create a package, create a product. That's what my consultations are. People call, they tell me what their issue is. I determine that I can address their issues. I can address so many of their issues in an hour. These are the things I'm willing to address in an hour. And so I tell them what those are. Okay, you have this problem. This is what I can offer you. I can offer you a consultation in my office. And this is the order that I say it in. So if people are listening and they want to note my script, this is important. I'll tell them I offer A, B, and C. This is what we'll do. We'll talk about A, B, and C. I'll explain this and that to you so you can stop lying awake at night worrying about it. We'll do this and that, and you'll walk out, and you'll have D, E, and F in your hands. And I'll say, and I charge for that, and this is the cost. Would you like to schedule that? And they're going, yeah, because they think I'm going to say $5,000 or (laughs) $3,000, and I don't. I say a few hundred dollars. So that's 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 the script. So if the guy across the street is doing the same thing, the client just has to choose between your gallon of milk and that guy's gallon of milk. Do you offer skim milk? For three ninety nine a gallon versus his whole milk at two ninety nine a gallon. If they're looking for whole milk and you offer skim milk, there's no comparison. So that's how it works. I'm enjoying the grocery analogy. I'm getting a little thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's did I? I hope I answered the question. That's that's my basic philosophy. No, I think that I think that's a great way to position it. Yeah, I, I think you're totally right on that. And I think that's what attorneys miss, that you're, you're selling something still, and you're selling it in a different way than you traditionally have. And I think there's something to be said as well for what you're talking about. You don't want people to be lemmings necessarily and just do what other lawyers have done because they've been doing it for forever. That's how we right. got in trouble in the first place, right? So let's go back <laughs> to a few more benefits. The benefit is um, the client has now invested in you. So if you're in family law and you know you have provided something more, for example, analyzing the way the retirement funds can and, or pensions can be split or distributed upon a divorce, there's a lot of value there. If someone comes in and you take the time to analyze that and give them that information, there's no reason you shouldn't charge for that. There's so much value in a client knowing what the risk is of divorcing based on how much pension or retirement the one spouse will get and the other won't. So you can charge for that. So the benefit is they've invested in you. So are they going to go to a different lawyer for the rest of the help or for, for, to really retain? The other benefit is if this person pays you, then you know they're a payer. You know they value legal assistance and that they will pay for it. If you don't charge for it and they walk in and you, they get all this information, they get the value, you don't, and they've tested you that now you'll give out information for free. So the benefit is if someone will pay you, then you know that they're not going to take it. You're not going to let them take advantage of you going forward that you can charge for your services at every level, at every step. Um, so again, they've invested in you. You know about their case. You also may choose to not work with them in the future. Sometimes I'll specifically offer someone only a one-hour consultation because I just know that's the most I'll get. I'll, I'll ever work with them about. I'll help them with a tiny little thing. They'll sign an agreement that it's a one-time only and we part ways. And I haven't, and I've got paid for my time at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I've had attorneys tell me that that's another advantage as well. So I, I think that, I mean, now would that people would listen to you, right? <laughs> Say that again? All right. Um, so we're, 
Would that people would listen to you. Right. Uh, so we'll take a quick break here, Sarah. And I'm thinking maybe we should start charging people to listen to this show. I know. Oh, I'm, no. And I'm just kidding. We would never, <laughs> we would never do that. Um, when we come back, however, we'll have more with Sarah Porras. Amicus Attorney's world-leading practice management solution allows you to do more, bill more, and go home early. It serves as a hub to your practice, and Amicus customers report that they save over eight hours and bill an extra five hours every week. Built by lawyers, for lawyers, Amicus has two award-winning solutions. Amicus Premium with a unique client portal and the exciting Amicus Cloud with seamless email integration. To learn more, visit amicusattorney.com. back everybody we're talking about whether you should charge for initial consultations spoiler alert yes uh, we will now continue that discussion with sarah porus uh, so sarah i think that the next question gets to the heart of lawyers fears respecting charging for those initial consultations because lawyers have a lot of problems with client interactions especially the first time they're interacting with a client how does the client or potential client interact when you say that you're going to charge? How do they react, rather, when you say that you're going to charge them? If you've had, if you've set that up, if you've set up the, the discussion where you're really, you're not hiding the ball, but you're, you're, not, you're waiting to discuss your fee until you know what you're going to offer them. And that might take a few minutes in the phone, in the phone intake to determine, okay, this person is, needs a divorce, and these are the circumstances. This is the number of kids. This is whether or not there's a domestic abuse situation. This is who's been working and who hasn't, and what kind of money is there. You need some facts, and then you can say, okay, this is what I offer. Um, so uh, one issue I think people need to be aware of when they're having conversations with, with potential clients is the client will try to talk about fees really quickly, really early. One is that's just their fear. That's their fear that just merely speaking to an attorney, they're going to get a bill. I talked to someone. I only know his name is John. We talked for 10, 15 minutes. I decide I can't help him. He goes, are you going to bill me for this? And I was like, all I know is your name is John. I don't know where you live. I didn't take your address. So I can't bill you. So again, know that it's the other person's fear when they talk about fees. They're afraid all of a sudden that it's going to be bait and switch, that they're going to be in the door for 400 bucks, and then all of a sudden it turns into 4000 So keep in mind, you need to control the conversation about fees, whether it's the initial fee, the consultation fee, or your retainer fee. So people will say, well, I'd like an attorney, but I need to know how much it's going to cost. Don't answer the question. Don't answer the question. You don't know how much it's going to cost yet. So you take control. Like, you know, they call, well, I, I need a lawyer, but I need to know how much it's going to cost first. Well, what do you, what, let's talk for a few minutes. Let me see if I can help you first. I might not be the right attorney for you. Because if they, if they call me and they have a criminal matter, I'm going to immediately refer them to someone else. So again, when someone asks about what the fee is going to be, don't bite. Just wait. You have to develop a script around this. And it's not manipulative. It's not a game. It's selling milk. It's saying we sell whole milk or we sell skim yeah. milk or we sell both. Um, <laughs> so that, that, I think, helps an attorney who's going to start using paid consultations address what the fear would be, which is avoid the fee conversation. Like, you know, if someone says, how much are your consultations? And that's the first sentence. I don't just tell them because then they're going to go, oh, okay, thanks, yeah. bye. But when they know what they're going to get, <laughs> I have people going, like, like I said, they go, that's it? I'd pay that again. 
And I'm going, shoot, maybe I should have quoted That's a great strategy. (laughs) But I think think the point you make about laying the groundwork is important because most attorneys don't think that way. Their knee-jerk reaction is, somebody asked me how much something costs, I better tell them. (laughs) But I think your strategy is better. Um, So I think a a lot of attorneys would also say so, like, this is a waste of time for me. My clients, like not your clients, they would never pay for a free con- uh, for a consultation. So what's your response to the my client objection? Well, I spend a lot of time with other solos and they hear that I do paid consultations and they say, well, you get good people who call you. And I'm thinking, no, because they kind of do the same <laughs> law I do. And I was like, no, it's, it's just how I set it up. And the question is, if they're not going to pay for a consultation, how are you going to get them to, to pay a real retainer? So that yeah. doesn't make sense yeah. to me. And again, you're teaching them that you give information for free. And I've, I've talked to a lot of solos who, um, who do some kind of free consultation. And some will say, yeah, it's like a 20-minute. I just decide if I can stand this person. Some people will say, yeah, I bring him into my conference room. And I, you know, the bottom line is the attorney tries to impress the potential client by how smart they are. And they fill out forms for them. And they give them all these materials. And they and their diplomas are up on the wall and they, their goal is to impress this person and they're giving away an hour, hour and a half for free. Um, and then what does that teach the client? It teaches the client that you'll do a lot for free and they keep pushing and they keep asking, what about this? What about that? Just one more question. So you've got to decide if your law practice is a hobby that you enjoy so much you'll do for free or if each hour is a potential um, source of income for you. All right. So let's get down to the nitty gritty here a little bit. So it's great that we're charging for consultations now, right? Everybody listening is going to start charging for consultations, right? So (laughs) how do you set the initial consultation fee? Everybody in the world, lawyers and non-lawyers. So how do you set the initial consultation fee? What, what, What are the factors that are sort of relevant to the pricing of this? I would say that uh, a, a, like I would limit it to an hour. Of course, you can decide what product you're selling and in what time frame it's appropriate. Some people, it could be a half hour, it could be an hour and a half, it could be two hours, depending on what you're doing. So you got to know how long these are going to take. Um, and, and you'll have to just test it. And you're going to underquote, and then you're going to overquote, and then you're going to find just the one that's just right. Um, I try to leave mine to an hour. I'm excited when they're out the door in less than an hour. I look at my watch. I go, yes, 50 minutes. Yes. For some reason to me, it's like I've <laughs> now earned more per hour because there, there was just under an hour. They, of course, feel they got the same value as if they were there a little longer. Um, so, and yeah. I, I actually don't really use hourly billing in my practice anymore, except for the, the, the paid consultation. So, um, but I would recommend setting the rate at higher than your hourly rate. For several reasons. One is just to get that person in the door, just to get the person in the door, you've used your own or staff time to do the intake process and the scheduling process and the the call to confirm and then get them in the door. Okay, so just to get them in the door, there's been some staff resources used. Um, Then I always offer a little follow-up. Feel free to call me. Feel free to email me. Sometimes there's a question that comes up in the consult I can't answer or I can't put my hands on a resource that I know I have. And I'll say, I'm just going to, um, I'll research that for you, or I'll look into it, and I'll send that to you as soon as I can. I don't offer to do their appeal mm-hmm. for free after a one-hour consultation. Yeah. I just mean, <laughs> if I know I need to get them the name yeah. of a really good CPA, but I can't find the card, you know, I'll, I'll offer. So there's usually a little time you spend afterward. If people are coming in yep. to see you, and they pay you for this initial consultation, who should later hire you for real, 
then um, A, when you quote them your a lower hourly rate, they'll be impressed. But you're going to want to keep in touch with them and follow up with them um, after this consultation until they do hire or retain you fully. So, again, all yeah. this little yeah. bit of time can be captured with a slightly higher hourly rate. So. I got you. All right. So that, that's, that's good. Um, so we've been teasing this a little bit. So let's actually get into it now. Let's talk about the alternatives to like the free in-office consultation, that traditional free consultation that lawyers give. I know you've talked about this a little bit, but what are some more of the ways that you can kind of dress this up so clients are happier to pay you for that? Well, I'll tell you that my use of the paid consultation has really evolved in the last couple of years. First, I want to point out that um, I always did it. When I, I was working at a firm that we initiated paid consultations, and then when I went on my own, and I do mostly defense work, so I, it's more, I feel it's more appropriate to be able to charge for And I'm not telling people that do paid, I'm sorry, that do personal injury cases that they should start charging for those intakes. There's certain areas of law where this maybe will never be appropriate or competitively you can't charge. But So I'm just saying like there's, in the areas of practice where you know you're giving value, you're helping people fill out forms, you're giving them information or an interpretation of the law they would get nowhere else. I mean, there's lots of areas of law this is appropriate. Um, hmm. I also want to point out that this is a significant portion of my, my yearly income, my monthly and yearly income. It's excellent for cash flow. Wow. Okay, so yeah. if you cap, if you, de- if you determine how much time you're giving away in consultations versus time you could, ca- you know, you could capture by getting paid, you'll, if you start tracking it specifically, which I do with a code, the letter P, for paid consultation, you will see that it can be a significant portion, or you can start capturing time you're, you're used to giving away. It could be hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands per month or per year, um, depending on what kind of firm yeah. you're in and, what, and how much you charge and what yeah. you offer. So um, yeah. now, that said, I'm sort of... <laughs> It's evolved with me. I will admit that practice management is a challenge, and my practice has really grown in the last year, and um, Mm. I want more people to retain me fully than to pay me one hour at a time. I realize Mm. that I was substituting the, the opportunity to offer the potential client to retain me fully. I was substituting it for giving them a one hour consultation, and that's a big price difference. So... Yeah. I've had to really examine what what I'm doing, what's going on here. The enlightenment came when my business coach said, don't have a legal consultation or don't have a sales conversation during a legal consultation. And I suppose you could say it either way. And I was realizing I would have my legal consultations that I charged for and spend a little time at the end telling them, well, when you need to retain me or if you need to retain me, these are my terms, and I'd show them the, the, the full retainer agreement. Some people, so I would take the consult fee, and then some would sign up right there for a retainer, maybe wait a week or so to send me the check, or take it with them, and I'd follow up to see if they're interested. So I was kind of doing both. I was mixing them. So nothing really wrong with that. Nothing really wrong with that. That was working for a long time. Under some circumstances, it's perfectly appropriate. You giving good value in this legal consultation, and then you have to have the sales conversation. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the way it's evolved for me is I've decided that if I know, because I, in Connecticut, we're really lucky, most case information is available online. I just need a first and last yeah, name. I look up their case. I see where it is. I see what's going on. And I know if it's, and I work in foreclosure defense, if their case is in a particular place, 
I'd like to think they need me and they'll recognize they need me. So what I've done is I have now three options that I decide which one to offer before we call back the person to schedule. I'll either schedule a 15-minute phone conversation with me. And that's if I just don't have enough information to know what I'm going to do with this person. It sounds like something I could help with, but they've said something that I just have a few more questions. So a 15-minute free phone consultation, and we schedule that. Another option is what, I, is what I call a sales conversation. Someone's about to lose their house. I know I can help. I have my admin schedule yep. those people to come in and meet with me for, a half, for up to a half hour. I don't really tell them that's how short it's going to be, you know, but my agenda <laughs> is less legal consultation. I give them very little substantive information, and I, instead I just say, you know where you are. I know where you are. Here's my agreement. Let's, I know what I can do for you. And I really I'll talk to them about strategy, but I don't give them, I don't explain the law to them. I just say, this is what I would do if you retained me. Yeah. And we talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then I still have the, the, the paid consultation, the approximately one hour, if it's someone who fits a certain profile as well. So I've really kind of started using these other methods where I'm giving away less mm-hmm. substantive information for free. And I, deter, I, I draw the line and charge for it when, when what they require is a substantive legal consultation. That's great. I mean, I, I think this is all fantastic advice for lawyers. And you, you've clearly thought a lot about this. So everybody go hard for um, paid consultations, but not so hard that you're only doing paid consultations. I think it's partly the lesson here, right? <laughs> you know, I, and I, it's hard for me to admit that I kind of was putting a lot of my eggs in one basket there. It, it was a, a tough realization that I was substituting um, these one-hour things for giving people the opportunity to retain me fully and really work with me sooner, start working with me sooner. So that was hard to sort of not see the forest for the trees for a while. But it's all a learning experience, and um, oh, and you yeah. just have to you have to, there's there's definite trial and error in this entire process, and just and, and it's you're, going and to you're sound, now the master. You, you do become a master. You're the master of paid consultations. <laughs> well, they, it is something you need to master. The first few times you quote your rate, you're going to stumble over it. You're going to. I did. Mm-hmm. And I had been doing it. And I went solo and I was stumbling over it when I had to actually start quoting the fees. I knew people would pay, but it was still hard for me. Um, and then after three or four stumbling over it, I was like, you've got to stop stumbling. Just quote a number. And then just stick to the number that came out of your mouth. Like you can always yeah. charge less yeah. when the person walks in the door if you said the crazy number, but just don't sound like you have no confidence. You have to sound confident. Say, yeah. this is what we're going to do. This is this is what we'll accomplish, and it's going to cost four hundred dollars. And if you go, oh, I just quoted them four hundred dollars an hour. You can always charge them less, but don't don't <laughs> undersell yourself in that. Case. Just stick to the four. Yep, it's four hundred. I take cash, check, and money order. You know, give them give them payment methods. That's another good tip for being successful oh, at collecting yeah, yeah, that's a great tip, actually. And have a yeah, script. Yeah. And, 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 and lawyers... type it out and tape mm-hmm. it to the wall above your phone with your little script. I charge 400 for the consultation. I take cash, check, or money order for the fee. Would you like to get that scheduled? Like, whatever your little script is, until it's ingrained in you, write it down. Don't be shy about it. Cause Just read the you teleprompter. Need to, you, need to come ac- <laughs> you need to come across as confident. Or else they're going to go, well, she doesn't seem too sure about what she's going to give me for $400. So just put it out there. I'm impressed. So, Sarah, we've gone like half hour on, on paid consultations. People told me it couldn't be done, but here we are. Um, 
Now, for all of you listening, we've reached the end of another episode of the Legal Toolkit, but don't worry. We'll be back next month. And if you're feeling nostalgic, you can check out all of our shows anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thank you, Sarah Porras, for taking the time to come by the virtual studio today to chat with us about the efficacy of charging for consultations. Sarah, can you tell our listeners where they might be able to find out more about you? Sure. Um, I'd like to think you could Google Hartford Foreclosure Lawyer, and I'd come up number one. But my website is SarahPorras.com. <laughs> That's S-A-R-A-H-P-O-R-I-S-S. Thanks, Sarah. Again, we really appreciate it. And thanks to all of you out there for continuing to listen to my inane blather against the backdrop of the wisdom of our regular guests. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Heidi and Jared for their next podcast, covering the current business trends for law firms. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Today's legal news is rarely as straightforward as the headlines that accompany them. On Lawyer to Lawyer, we provide the legal perspective you need to better understand the current events that shape our society. Join me, Craig Williams, and a wide variety of industry experts as we break down the top stories. Follow Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network or wherever you subscribe to podcasts.